0: Welcome to the 1,000 Hours Outside Podcast. My name is Ginny Urich, and I am just getting over a head cold here, so it's a fun, a fun day to record a podcast. I'm so excited to have Priscilla Tallman here with us today. Welcome, Priscilla. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. You are gonna be talking about uh, something that I am not familiar with at all, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic, um, because actually it's a big part of our society, but, um, Priscilla uh, has a um, a master's in clinical psychology, and uh, you do a whole lot of work with with sports and with athletes. Yes, yes. Um, so you're currently a beach volleyball coach. That's super fun. Um, and a writer, you've published two journals for athletes on mindset and mental wellness. And you sent us a message about club sports, which I think is a really a big topic for parents these days because they take up a lot of time, um, and uh, it's hard. It's hard to navigate, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I, w- one of the reasons we found you was during um, the pandemic. So in 2020, when all the schools kind of came to a halt, um, we we liked, I'd like to joke about it that we literally dropped out of school because we just couldn't do the computer online. Like my children, just were not. We were Montessori kids. And going from like that sort of lifestyle, it was our first year of public school. And so um, it just was a change in general. And so once we, you know, decided to uh, stop doing the packets, they were sending home and all that. And again, the teachers were fine. They were like, hey, take your time, do what you need. Sure. Uh, we got outside and we just were like, it was empty. Nobody was out there. And we, we live in Arizona. So we have some pretty nice weather. Um, and we were going on hikes, and we were outdoor people already. but um, that's kind of how we found you. And uh, I, in my mind, I'm always trying to connect the dots between childhood and uh, mental wellness. And uh, because I'm in the sports world, I see a lot of um, a lot of parents and a lot of children. And uh, I love what you're doing. So I just was like, hey, I wonder if this conversation would be a fit. I don't know. So, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think so. You know, it's interesting because
0: um, my husband Josh and I, we, um, you know, we, I started the movement because we were never running into other kids outside, ever. You know, during the week, on the weekends, toddlers, no kids, and we're in a pretty populated area, and uh, and we moved. You know, I don't know when we had four, maybe, to this house that was down the street from an elementary school. And the elementary school had a bunch of sports fields at it, you know. And so one day on a Saturday morning, we were headed to um, like a local park to go on a hike with our kids. And the place was just buzzing with people. I mean, they had, um, you know, a camper set up, you know, and all the sports fields were filled. We're Like, oh, like this is where everybody is, you know. And it was like that every weekend, mm-hmm. you know, for an extended period of time. And so... um you know, I think that club sports are just this huge question mark, you know, it's just how much do we get involved? What do we pick? Um, You know, does it really matter long term? Sort of what's the end goal? So maybe we could kind of start there because you had experience with it growing up. But it seems to me like maybe it's changed uh, in the past couple decades. Like I hear parents say they can't find anything but travel. You know, it's hard to find rec leagues even that are Maybe one or two days a week, and not such a high commitment. So, um, maybe you could tell us some of your childhood experience with sports, and then uh, what you've sort of seen with your own kids, and um, and sort of what the what the trend is.
1: Yeah. So, um, growing up, my mom, both my parents worked, and so really anything extracurricular was a practical matter of childcare after school. And so, uh, we did violin and cello and my mom had us in acting classes. We were in literally everything because she was constantly trying to find the thing a, that we might like, uh, that we might stick with. And then also, um, practical again, she'd come to pick us up from school and then she would, um, that was her like 30 minute break. And then she'd drop us off at our thing and then she would go back to work and then she'd pick us up at five 30, um, and so once we kind of were school, like elementary, a little bit older than elementary aged kids, it was just right after school. So we could just right. stay there she Didn't have to take us somewhere to like the music building at University of Texas. Mm-hmm. I think we did violin and cello there. Um, and so all of those things were very practical. So I'm not yes. sure if if sports in general have changed. Um, I think perhaps the adults have changed in the scope of what we do with it. Mm-hmm. Parents have changed. I think we um, We, in general, as parents might be afraid, like, oh, wow, my kid's not going to develop resilience or my kid's not going to develop grit or they're going to quit things, all this kind of stuff that I think parents think about versus kids really are just part of the equation of, hey, let's go run and and have a good time and chase bumblebees and pick dandelions, you know. Um, And I I believe coaching has also changed to adjust for the frantic, like, parental stress. There's
0: a fear component hmm. And maybe there wasn't before.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, with the increase in uh, opportunities for um, athletes to get scholarships to college um, in and be, a, you know, they all want to go this like division one route. Like I want to be a division one student athlete, all of these things. And I'm not going to sleep on that because I, I did that. and My experience was wonderful. Um, but, yeah, I think for sure there's a, a fear component. Um, in the entire system that I'm not sure was present when I was playing.
0: Right. Like you said, for you, it was practical and also mm-hmm. enriching. Um, my mom did something similar I thought was really cool. She let us try a bunch of different things and certain things stuck. Now, our situation was at the school district that I grew up in was huge. Um, so we were 25 minutes from the high school, 20 minutes from the middle school, and so it was impractical for us as a, on the other hand, to be involved in that type of stuff um, mm-hmm. because of the drive was too long and I had younger siblings. And um, so I grew up sort of outside of this world. I did a little bit of swim team, you know, in, um, in elementary. Um, and that I did t-ball <laughs> for a year or two, but I kind of grew up outside of this world of, of team sports um, But I can see how, you know, it's you build really strong relationships, like you talked about the grit and the resilience. So what are some of the, you know, the big, the big positive takeaways that uh, kids are coming away with from the team sports?
1: So for my experience, I would say I learned a lot about, um, well, time management, you learn how to be on time, you learn how to utilize your time, you have a two hour practice, Uh, coaches facilitating that. But You learn a lot about time management. Um, There's responsibility. If you pack your bag well and you have your shoes and your uniform and your water bottle, same thing as if you're going on a hike. If you don't have your water, you're going to be miserable. If you don't have the right shoes, you're going to be miserable. So you're learning things like Time management, responsibility, and then as as children get older, you begin to learn things like grit. And I feel like you can push them a little bit harder as they get older, developmentally. Now we can talk about that in a minute. That they're pushing them way too young to develop things like resilience and grit. But um, right. you know, I think resilience, grit, I believe, mental wellness can come from making sure that we're around other people, so team environments or um, even homeschool co-ops, like we, we cannot isolate in a vacuum. We've, we've got to really be around people and test our social skills and, uh, test some of those places where, wow, like my son went to a, um, clinic yesterday, didn't know anybody. Uh, it was a little volleyball clinic at our high school. And I'm like, Hey, like, this is a chance to just go learn and meet people. It's no stress, yeah. you know? Um, so getting out of your, you know, if you tend to be a quiet kid, go and saying hi to somebody, learning those skills of how to be social. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, So do you find that in some
0: cases, though, it's it's being pushed too far too soon? Um, Does it seem like something that um, or or that it's all consuming? That's what I wonder sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. when I see these campers set up, um, you know, outside for an entire Saturday. And it is fun, too. I mean, our kids have done um, some sports. You know, they've done basketball. We did swim team for a little bit. And it is fun. They've done some rec soccer. It's fun to watch them. It's really uh, exciting and, um, you know, and, and they really enjoy it. What, what can be sort of the other end of the spectrum where maybe it may tips to being maybe unhealthy or, or not, um, you know, it, it's not really benefiting the whole child maybe in some way because it's imbalanced?
1: Yeah, um, we actually didn't enjoy it very much. <laughs> it's funny because my husband played in college as well. And the the hardest part for us was sitting in the stands. We actually started sitting away from all the parents because it was like, wow, like, A, they're not talking very nice about their kids. They're not talking nice about other people's kids and could have been my own child. They they weren't talking nice about the referees or the coaching. And I'm like, this is really kind of horrible. So we used mm-hmm. to set our chairs all the way kind of like to the end of the, the, the bench or the, the area um, because it was just kind of like, you know, not super enjoyable for us. I, you know, we, you're right. We loved watching our kid. Like that was super fun and um, developing friendships and that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but the big thing for us was when um, the, this last the year we were homeschooling our kids, uh, 2021 uh, school year, we, my son encountered something um, you know, kind of difficult at school. Well, actually, no, no, we weren't homeschooling. It was in public school. So we encountered something difficult in school. And really sports is supposed to be this, like you're saying, like this amazing experience, this like safe place, this place to go express yourself and have your friends. Um, And his club sport really wasn't like that. It actually only exacerbated how, you know, the difficult thing he was handling in school, it didn't make it any better. And I think at the end of the day, we were like, what are we actually paying for? Are we paying for this, my kid to go be miserable somewhere when like, I mean, we really want that. We could create that for him. Um, and so we, we really started to think about like, as parents, we are first consumers when it comes to sport and what are we actually paying for? Am I paying to watch my kid potentially go pro? Am I paying to watch my kid get beat up by a grown up That's a coach, uh, really at the age of nine or 10, because they're not playing hard enough. They're not working hard enough. Um, you know, and, and my son always worked hard, but, uh, you know, I think it comes down to as a consumer, what are you actually paying for with this sport experience? Right. And with healthy coaches, you can pay for an amazing experience, but with an unhealthy coach, you're not paying for that. You're paying for this, you know, false sense that, wow, this is going to create, Hey, my coach is tough. This is going to create grit in my child. No, it's going right. to create codependency and boundarylessness. And they're not going to know when they what their limits are. Hmm. Um, so Yeah. And you so you've played
0: a lot of sports. I um your bio, I looked at your bio here, and you've won different things. I think this is so cool. Uh, <laughs> first team All America honors, first team All SEC honors, all four years at University of Georgia, including freshman year, 1991. Player of the Year, 1994. You played two tours with the USA national team. That's awesome. In 1994-1995, a year of professional volleyball in Switzerland. And in two thousand six you are inducted into the University of Georgia's prestigious circle of honor. Congrats. Thank you. That's incredible. This yeah. is completely opposite of my life. <laughs> I never received one sports award. So um it's really it's really cool though to hear from your perspective. Obviously, this is a big part of who you are currently today. So if a family's looking for what are they looking for in a good coach or a good experience, um, you know, what are some of the check the box type things that you know a family would want?
1: Well, I think it has to fit your value system as a family. I think it, initially going in, I think when we hear a coach say, "Oh, your kid's really good," or "Your kid has talent," or "Your kid could be dot dot dot," or they should try for this, um, as parents, sometimes it's like, "Whoa, whoa, my kid is special. That's so cool, you know." Um, but really, if it doesn't match your value system as a family, it's it's always going to rub. And I think that's sort of why some of the experiences we had have have, have been that rub for us. Uh, because it really didn't fit the value system. Um, again, me growing up, the practicality of sports and after school things, you know, was great. And then ultimately, as a kid, like that was an escape for me. That was kind of cool. Um, I was a, a younger kid, so I skipped third grade. Um, I had uh, was super shy, super introverted. So it met a lot of needs for me. Um, my own journey, I would say my, my coaches, I did have some uh, emotionally abusive coaches as a young kid. And so although I experienced all those things that you read and I I won all these awards, I wasn't without a cost. There was Mm -hmm. definitely a cost attached to that. Um, I became incredibly anxious, uh, very performance driven. And if I didn't meet a certain goal um, would have terrible shame. Um, Mm -hmm. I was telling one of my friends the other day, uh, somebody made a comment on Instagram and it literally I'm, I'm 47 and it triggered all of those shaming words. I was told uh, as a youth sport athlete when I was 10 or 11 and all of that came up and I'm like, oh man, like, I thought this was gone. Like, I thought I could navigate this world without feeling that so deeply. Um, but again, I think those are the things if, if your child has a coach who is shaming, um, or, uh, using words that are not honoring, you know, especially the stage of, of, this child, let's say they're 10 or, I mean, the things I was told at 10 and 11, uh, n- nobody would say to children, like a parent would never say that. But again, in in the context of sports, parents think that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. If you have an inclination that that's not the way you want your child to be spoken to and you're like, oh, but it's de- going to develop grit. Yes, it will. It will develop resilience. And you may have a kid who gets a lot of awards, uh, but there is always a cost. There is a, going to be a cost associated with that.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because I have your two journals here. So we can talk a lot about that and that you talk about journaling sort of as a way um, as a way to have a well-rounded child or a well-rounded sports experience. So you have this 30-day return to play journal Mm -hmm. um, and a 30-day reset journal, and edge in sports, a habit for life. Um, And in the back of each of them you talk about, I was actually surprised to see it in both of them, about depression and anxiety. And, um, you know, so it seems like that's maybe a little bit of a thread here that sometimes if there's an experience that um, isn't ideal, it can lead to these other issues.
1: Yeah. So I c- currently coach in college. I coach at, um, Arizona Christian university here in, uh, Phoenix area. And then I also coached at Arizona state. So two different completely divisions. Arizona state is a division one NCAA. I don't know if you some of your listeners might know, um, these things. And then, um, <laughs> Arizona Christian is NAIA. So it's kind of the levels, the division one is like the stuff you see on TV, like on mm-hmm. Saturdays football. That's Michigan state, Michigan, like all these big, yep. you know, um, schools. And so, um, having gone through these journals with multiple collegiate athletes, uh, and also just being connected to the collegiate world of sports, uh, mental health is a big deal. Um, we've seen a lot in the last, I'd say two, three years, an increase in, um, anxiety rates and depression rates and even, um, suicide, uh, rates in collegiate athletes, and my heart really is because of my experience. I, I know if we back it up, really, and I'm not going to say that childhood is the only reason why um, there could potentially be mental illness things. But, um, you know, certainly the way we're coached, the way we're prepped as children um, gives us our coping habits. And I believe there's something in the back of the journals also on coping habits and and how we cope with stressful situations. My own personal experience with mental um health issues was postpartum depression. And I didn't even know that that was possible because I thought, well, I'm an athlete. Um, I also have my master's in clinical psychology. Like I can outsmart this right. And, um, depression and anxiety and postpartum and and OCD and bipolar, those things are not, those aren't things that you can just outsmart or I'm going to work hard at this and I'm going to be, I'm going to like beat it. Um, it takes skill. It takes time. It takes healing. There's a lot of things there. So, Um, that's kind of the purpose behind a lot of the journaling is, is the journaling is a tool. It's also a a healthy coping skill to go to the journal, to go write these things down. Um, the research has shown that journaling and expressive writing actually does decrease our cortisol, which is our stress um, hormone. Um, it also increases things like dopamine and some of that pleasure um, and getting it on paper will sometimes flatten if you tend to be a person like myself or the thoughts just kind of spin like the laundry um, it flattens them down um, and and I think uh, again one of the other big things I love about journaling is that it actually primes our brain to learn so beginning our practice with five minutes ten minutes of journaling and then going into that our brain is already primed to learn sports skills wow. so I, I love the whole like from childhood all the way to collegiate um my my heart really is to give coaches tools um tangible tools that they can help kids with with uh mental illness and anxiety and depression, like starting now not not waiting until college
2: When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain, heading to my favorite hike. The raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my vesies ensure each step is dry and comfortable turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factormeals.com slash outside 50 to get 50% off. Right. And so um,
0: there are coaches that will do this with their entire teams, correct? Mm hmm. hmm. And, and yeah. that's part of what you do is you go meet with these different coaches. Like you said, you've got this, um, people can't see if they're listening, but this board behind you that's oh, yeah. got all sorts mm-hmm. of uh, sports names on it cross country, soccer, beach, basketball, I don't know, cheer.
1: Wrestling, cheer. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, women's basketball is that what WBA? Yeah, all right, basketball. look at that. Yeah, all right. Um, that you meet with these different coaches and um, and I've seen some pictures online where you've got a whole team of kids um, and they all are holding their journals mm-hmm. and so they're actually going to do it through their throughout their season.
1: So yeah, uh, the journal is actually broken into four weeks. Each week covers a different topic. The other, the second journal, the one on um, return to play, is really for athletes who are coming back from injury, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole nother... M- you know, issue with mental wellness, um, but but yeah, the thirty day journal um, is actually getting a revamp. That'll be, I believe, online within the next two weeks. So that'll be, uh, it's called going to be called the thirty day champions journal. Um, cool. But yeah, it's uh, a program where we talk about mindset. What is your mindset? What is your preparation to prepare yourself physically, emotionally, and mentally? Um, our emotions, I believe in sport are huge and they're very important, but a lot of times athletes think, oh, we just shut that down. Cause we're tough. And, and people think I build resilience by shutting down my emotions. And, um, that's just not true. We have to use the emotions we have for the experience. Um, the second week we go through our goals, what kind of goals we have, um, not just as athletes, but as people, because again, we're trying to develop the whole person um the third week is on communication. How do we communicate to ourselves? So we have some healthy self-communication. Um, athletes and and really people in general are very hard on themselves when, when they make mistakes. Um making mistakes, uh learning that learning process, knowing that learning, we don't have to focus on just the result. If I can learn how to communicate to myself better and communicate with my teammates better, then we're we're able to kind of learn more and push more um, to develop different skills. Um, and then the final week is taking ownership and responsibility for our time in practice. And that really does talk about their value system. What do I value as an athlete? What's important to me? And, and what's funny is if, if you do younger groups, like when I'll do, um, let's say 14s or 12s, their, their value for sport is, um, I wonder if you can guess it, Jenny, like what can you guess what their value for sport is? Oh, I'm going to cheat because actually okay. I saw it. Did uh, you see yeah,
0: it? I saw it. Okay. Okay. Uh, for 14, it's belonging. Yes. You <laughs> <it laughs> wrote it down. I heard yeah. saw it.
1: Okay. I know. So it's friendships. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's joy. Um, and here we are teaching 12-year-olds how to be professional whatever. And all they really want to do is hang out, have mm. some fun, eat their snacks, listen to their music. Um, And now they want to win. That's just what they know what sports is about. But you're right. It's that belonging. It's that like, man, like I belong to this Um, and this is fun. And, uh, you know, you listen to a parent in the parking lot shaming their child for not playing well. Like, I wonder, mom or dad, do you know what your child's value is at this moment for this sport? It's certainly not the parent's value. The parent obviously wants them to play better. Um, Right. So yeah, so uh, that last week is really about those values. What am I into about? What do I even care about for sports? What is my big you know, desire to get from this experience? Yeah. So, okay, so our listening base, I think, is
0: um, primarily moms with young kids. Um, so, you know, what, so here we have, we have had, you and I have had two completely different life experiences here. Um, what would you say in terms of, I think the parents would ask about the practicalities. You know what age is good how much is too much um you know you know do we do sports year round what is and what is the end goal you know if if for the child they're really looking for belonging does it matter if they end up as division one um you know i mean my husband we always talk about like you know you're not going pro you know for the most part right it's such a it's such a small little sliver you know so so what is the end goal is it scholarship um Or is it just, you know, to be well-rounded and and have good relationships?
1: So first of all, I think um, in general, depending on your family, again, you're going to look at your values. Like for us, when my son, my my son actually ended up quitting competitive club soccer. um, And the timing was right for us. And he had been always kind of been a mountain biker. And um, I was like, that's a hobby. That's a hobby, you know. So as a parent, I believe we just sort of need to really be listening and watching our children. The more we listen and watch our children, the more we can kind of get cues because they're communicating with us. They're telling us things all the time. Um, We just have to say, well, this is what they're trying to tell us. And as they get older, help them make those decisions. It was his decision to quit soccer. Uh, He also quit um, Little League Baseball. And guess what he does now is mountain biking. And he enjoys that. He goes with his father. We're outside. Um, well, and that's a lifelong. Um, and soccer can be too. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got, I have one
0: girlfriend that still does like adult women's soccer league, um, you know, but, but some of these things that are hobbies, some people, would they consider them sports or no? Would anybody consider
1: that a sport? It it actually, which is crazy. It is now. It's like okay. all of these. Yeah. So. Okay,
0: so, but some of those things, and people ask a lot about, well, what do you do as your kid gets older with outside time? And what I have found for our own family is that our kids start to specialize. They, If you're listening, like you said, and it, and it can be expensive. That's part of the problem. But, you know, if they want to fish or, you know, they need a good fishing rod or they want a mountain bike, you've got to get them the right things. But sort of as they hit those different ages, they do find these interests that they have that allow them to continue to grow and to have these complex movements and, um and build relationships in other ways. Uh, so I, I think that's really cool that, you know, you're listening and allowing for alternatives.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, um, that's the thing too, is like right now we're in that space of like, I mean, youth sports just has a lot of people. And you saw that on those Saturdays when you're like, where are the hikers? They're all there. They're in these tents. Right. It has just the, the most people we've kind of been like trying to find a little pos- posse or pod of kids for my son. Cause really mountain biking, it's, it's kind of hard to, you got to get the bikes on there on the truck. You got to get to yeah, it. It's hard. It's harder yeah. versus like just driving up to your park and whatever. So we're trying to like in that mid- middle space of like, who are the other people that are like you around here? Um, you know? So I think that is also part of it is the equation of like, Hey, yes, we want our kids to develop some social skills and that kind of thing. Um, but, but really in terms of age, I, again, I just can't, uh, emphasize enough, like know your values as a family. If, if you want to start your kid in soccer at three or four, um, just know what you're, you're there for and, uh, don't be afraid to change it up. Remember you're a consumer. You wouldn't go pay for somebody to yell at your kid. Uh, if you right. took them to Disneyland or took them to the Yosemite, like if the park ranger just sat there and yelled at your kid for an hour and a half, you'd be like, why am I paying for this? Um, right. so just be a sh- you know a shrewd consumer and a and a parent with a big heart to see like hey what what am i developing here right
0: and i think it's okay to quit okay. i um i did a podcast with lenore Skenazy. she's got a book called free range kids and she talked a lot about that you know that that quitting often is um just a a, a change in your path to try something else and i and i like what you say about you know um i think well there is a fear of quitting um, maybe that one component is it teaches kids to not, um, stick with it. Uh, but, you know, she talked about how, no, it's just an opportunity for a new path. Um, you know, what, what, what do you think the driving force is that, you know, a lot of times, you know, families they get in it and they stick with it through the end.
1: I think a lot of it's fear. I, I did an article <clears throat> on my blog called FOMO and youth sports, but, you know, for parents, mm-hmm. because I think it triggers something, um, You know, I was walking in the parking lot with my son after some little league baseball game. And, you know, he's like, hey, mom, why didn't you put me in baseball when I was six? Mm. And instantly I had this fear like, oh, my gosh, I failed him. He's never going to make a travel team. He's not going to all this stuff. And then I was like, wait, he's not thinking that he's six. He doesn't know about any of that. He was just curious. It was a curious question from a a six-year-old who's curious. And so I said, I don't know. What do you what do you mean by that? So I asked him to clarify the question and it wasn't like, well, mom, I'm never going to be that. Like he was just like, I was just wondering. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think as parents, it's like, oh no, like I'm missing out or so-and-so is doing this. And, um, you know, this and your, your audience knows as homeschool parents, that's something that most people aren't doing. So you guys are already pretty good at knowing, like, it's okay if I'm not doing what all the people are doing. Um, You know what I mean? I think it's kind of our journey. We, we were Montessori kids, so we didn't start public school until sixth grade for my son. Um, and that was hard every year. I'm like, oh, well, there go the other kids and they're learning and they're advancing. Oh, gosh, is my kid going to be ready? You know, every year we went through that with uh, the, our educational journey. Um, and I don't regret one bit because I mean, my kids are awesome. Like, they're super cool kids because we've stuck to our value system. We've stuck to what we believe in.
2: Um, yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a lot hard. of paths.
0: I think that is, I think that that is the biggest misnomer. You know, there's this quote, um, this man named John Taylor Gatto, who used to be a public school teacher for 30 years and he's passed in the last couple of years, but he said, there's as many ways to educate kids as there are fingerprints, mm. which is not necessarily what you normally think, right? Everyone thinks there's one way, right? There's this direction, there's travel sports, you know, this is the path that you go, but, you know, he said, no, you, you know, kids can, Kids can grow and develop in um, innumerable ways, and um, and still be fine and still be successful. What what's your thought on time? So, you know, travel sports have those always been around? You know, it just seems like it seems like the commitments are fairly uh, extensive um, in terms of sports, and maybe it's always been that way, and I just didn't know. But these travel sports and kids are gone for the weekend, and it's just taking a lot of time. So, what's your thought on that in terms of development, in terms of family relationships, in terms of whole child development, you know, how much of our time should it be taking?
1: Yeah. And again, I think um, it has gotten a little bit more frantic uh, because there is all all this need to get kids to um, their, for my sport, for indoor volleyball, indoor volleyball or beach or soccer, there's these bids you have to get to go to like the national tournament. Excuse me. So, they're constantly. So, tell us what that is for people who have no
0: idea, like myself. So,
1: a bid, let's say, like at the end of the year, there's this national tournament that they all want to go compete in to determine, like, who the best team is or who's ranked top in the nation. And so, there's all of these qualifiers leading up to this where you can earn the bid to get to that national tournament to determine who the best is and who are. And again, a lot of these qualifiers and these national tournaments have collegiate coaches there. So they're being recruited and they're getting seen. Oh, yeah. It's a big so deal. It's a big deal so that they can, you know, Hey, I can introduce myself to this coach. They can see me play. I can send them film um, all of this stuff for this recruiting purpose. So I believe the season's gotten a little bit longer because number one, recruiting rules have changed as to when kids can get recruited um, all this kind of stuff. So um, that's part of it. Uh, and that's kind and of, is this for high, is this for high schoolers? It's for high schoolers, but again, because of that fear component, kids are doing this at 9, 10, 11, right. Um, when I was nine, 10 or 11, we weren't actively traveling that much. It didn't really ramp up back when I was playing until maybe high school. Um, okay. And now all of these qualifiers and these bids are available for younger and younger kids. Um, oh, but I, just, I see. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think if you're gonna do it, I would say if that's your path and your kid loves it, because I would say young girls for sports love it because there's other young girls and they're having fun and they're sitting around together and they're braiding each other's hair. I mean, there's some, as a coach, it's really fun to watch these young women. Like they're so cute. Like, um, you know, their little friendships and the things, but um, I just worked with a team uh, in Memphis and one of their big things they do every time that they're at a qualifier is they go do something fun. They go do some team bonding somewhere. And I think, Oh, I love that. Yes. If we're mindful of getting outside of the gym and we're mindful of like, you know, exploring the city that we're in, if there's time, I think time to make sure you're not just sitting in your chair the entire weekend. Um, if, if people and families are going to choose this, go look for a club. Who's got some cool team bonding stuff, or they, they seem to have a really good team culture. And I think that would be kind of a key thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: Because it can take up
0: a whole lot of time, right? I mean, um, evenings and uh, and weekends and that type of thing. Um, Do you find that they're ever flexible? You know, that I I think that's the hard part, right? Which is like, I think as a parent, you go in with this consumer mindset, like you said, like, well, I'm paying for this. So we're not going to come to every practice or... We're gonna miss a game here or there because we're gonna go on a family vacation, but there. But it feels like there's a lot of pressure to do the whole thing. You know, how does a coach look at a kid that maybe isn't 100% is 80%, um, but is off doing stuff with family or, or something like that?
1: Um. Yeah, there is no flexibility. <laughs> There's no flexibility. Um, it's, it's sort of why I've chosen to coach at the club I coach at, uh, they align with my values. We're very much about the whole child. Um, it's sort of why I've gone to coach in NAIA versus, uh, you know, division one, not to say the division ones like that all the time, but, um, you know, I, I think there's very little flexibility in youth sports. In fact, our, um, mm-hmm. my daughter's was, uh, kind of rec. It was a little bit higher than rec, but she, her, her coach was great. We could go on family vacations. We could take a night off. Um, not that we did it all the time. They only had one practice a week and then one game. Um, that that seems ideal to me. It's perfect. And then we get into club because my son was like, Oh, I want to try club. And he did really well. Um, and, uh, it's three nights a week it's late. So we're getting home late already. Like my family's in bed by eight 30. So late was not good. Ideal already for my family. And then, uh, weekends every weekend somewhere else some city that's you know two and a half hours away or something mm. um and yeah it, it, it the flexibility was tough because again it's this attached to playing time and it's attached to um how much you get to be on the field It's attached to all the kids know it if you're not there they know it and they talk to you about it and they'll say things so um it's really tough if, if you're in a club situation there's there's not once you get into high school there's there's no flexibility really i would say
0: yeah, it's tricky,
1: because
0: those it's, are fun years to go adventuring with your family, too. Yes. Um, so, okay, so do you find that, so, like I said, I, I've i got no experience here, and I'm like, oh, I feel like I like my life, and we're just fine, you know. Do you feel like, is there a high percentage of kids that do end up getting these sort of big things? They end up getting the scholarships, they end up getting um Uh, positions on teams at the college level that are really prestigious, you know, is that majority of the kids, just only a few of the kids? Uh, You know, how does that work?
1: Yeah, so uh, currently, the statistic is about 60% of high school juniors will be done with sports once they get to their junior year. So no, the bulk of them are not making it to college. And I would say the of that percentage that makes it their juniors and senior year, uh, it's about, I, I wish I had the statistics in front of me, but I don't. It's it's less than 10% of kids who make it to uh, division one. And it's an, an even smaller percentage of those who make it to a national team or a professional level. So yeah. you've got what you saw on a Saturday, vast, a sea of tents and children, right. and not all of them are hoping to get to college, but a lot of them think that that's possible. Right. Um, just, I can just, you know, you hear it when you're sitting in the the right. sidelines, but it's a, it's a less than 10%. And depending on your sport, it could even be a smaller percentage of, of what you will, who, what kids
2: oh, will. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. What
1: I, what I've
0: actually noticed is um, I have a, a good friend whose daughters both got scholarships um, full ride, but they did sort of like lesser known sports. And to me, that maybe seemed like the way to go. One of them mm-hmm. was a female golfer. She was phenomenal. The other one did rowing. Um, and I thought, oh, it's kind of neat. You know, I didn't, I don't, you know, you talk on your, um, I saw a post about the power five. Yes. Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't even know what the power five are. Uh, I'm going to guess. Okay. Yeah. All okay. right. Basketball. Uh,
1: so the power five are conferences. Oh, I'm thinking they're sports. They're sports. Yeah. Like, Although like, basketball sorry. would be, <laughs> basketball would certainly be one of those. Um,
0: yeah. So. Um, you know, so there's a bunch of lesser known, I think sports, um, uh, maybe, I don't know. It's probably a catch 22 cause they probably recruit less kids. Uh,
1: well, it's interesting because we have a homeschool family. Uh, we, 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 first of all, the trainer I had at ASU, she is, uh, was homeschooled and she was amazing. And that's sort of like a lot of the, a lot of my, I was already, we were already Montessori family. So we were kind of already in this, like these outer worlds of like schooling anyway, but yeah. I'm like, man, she's so cool. Like she was, homeschooled and she was like such a good trainer. She was so responsible, like all of these things. Um, and it kind of got my wheels turning. And then when I was coaching high school, we had a homeschool um, athlete. She played volleyball, indoor volleyball and she was homeschooled. So you can play your sport for your local yeah. high school. Um, and she was a great kid. And a lot of these things, um, again, I think got my wheels turning and like, this is really, you know, kind of an amazing combination. If there's a kid that wants this you know, right. Um, you can sort of have, she can train when she wants to train. She came to our school practice, but she did school when she did school. And, um, yeah, so I thought A little bit
0: more, a little bit more
1: time. Cause Mm -hmm. I had
0: looked into, um, I had swam a little bit and then I lifeguarded at the end of high school and college. So I, I really liked to swim. And, um, there was an opening for like an assistant swim coach when I used to teach high school. Yeah. and uh so i was like oh you know maybe i'll help out or but it was so much priscilla it was like you had to be there at something like five you know i don't know five five thirty and then that there was practice after school too it was like three hours you know or more in between morning and i was like i'm not doing that yeah how, how are these kids managing these sort of 12 hour days um of a full day of school and sports, like you said, I mean, that definitely would develop grit and time management. Cause I was, I was impressed. I was like, I'll pass.
1: Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. Cause that's when I was at coaching at ASU, the campus is about an uh, hour plus with traffic from my house. So yeah. I had to leave my house at, I want to say 445 to get there wow. by 630 Um, and it was fine. I listened to podcasts. I was driving in the dark, but, um, as a coach, I really, it is a very, it's very time consuming, but what I've, I've really dedicated myself to whoever I'm coaching, because I know it's time consuming and I know how much time they're missing with other things and friendships is, uh, I really try to connect with them. Like, Hey, how are, how are things going? Right. And I will talk to my head coach. Hey, they're burned out. They need a break. And, and that's kind of counterculture to sports of like, give them a day off today because their bodies are fried. They're very tired. They're in finals. Um, and so again, I think depending on the level you're able to coach, like for me, it's, I'm very mindful of all of those things. how are these girls doing? The last thing we need is to go out and win some kind of championship and then have a bunch of kids who are not well. Um, and so for me, because it is like, you're saying it is a long, it's a lot of hours And there's travel on the weekend, especially I'm away from my family uh, during our season. Um, I'm just making sure to make really good touches. I'm very aware that some mom and some dad sent these kids to college. And I'm a grown-up that that is responsible for stewarding some of these things and developing their daughters. Um, and, And I know that's not every coach out there. But for me, that's what I've decided that that's if I'm going to coach, this is how I'm going to do it.
2: If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com 1000. That's drinkag1.com 1000. Check it out. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com 1000hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash 1,000 hours. Yeah, this whole child approach. I like,
0: um, I actually had written down when you uh, brought it up earlier, you know, what is a 14-year-old looking for for sports? Um, and then you talked about ages 6 to 12. You know, they're trying to learn how to master specific skills, which I think is learning how to learn. is mm-hmm. a really important thing. Um, so it sort of made me think, like, well, you know, should we be going into sports with what, with the priority of what is the kid hoping to get out of it? You know, or is the priority, what are we hoping to get out of it as a parent? Um, and so can you talk a little bit about what kids are, you know, um, the younger age, you know, what are, you know, when you sign a kid up for soccer, you know, (laughs) what are they wanting to get out of it or little league baseball?
1: Yeah. I think for me, because I get, I get all like nerd out about the psychology part of it. um, I love child development. I love being able to like infuse that into practices and like, man, if you've got a kid who's in that mastery stage or that learning to learn stage, why not capitalize on that? Right. Whether you're on a hike or you're playing sports, no matter what that is, or homeschooling, like why not? If they're already there, man, let's make it fun because they're already motivated to learn something. They're already motivated to master something. Um, and so that's kind of like my, my personal answer for that question would be like, let me watch the kid. Like, w- let me ask, like, what are they naturally into? Like it, my daughter played soccer and she was, I, I knew like her, one of her main focuses was like, Hey, these are friends. This is fun. She was having so much fun. So if I watch that, there's a little bit for me, Hey, I don't want to go to practice today. Well, we're going to go like, right. So some of that is like, as a parent, you're still having to parent, you're still having to help them make decisions. It was a safe team. Everybody there was safe. The coach was awesome. So it's like, we're going, cause I know this is good. So again, I, if I can, at, from my standpoint, say, okay, here are the couple things that I really want my kid to learn from sports, right. I want them to learn all of these certain values that are in my family. I want them to learn some character traits that are going to serve them well in life. Um, and then also watching them And making sure like, if they're, they don't talk about the score, I'm not going to talk about the score. If they're not going to talk about how so-and-so did this or the coaches, I'm not going to talk about that. Um, we tend to like assume things for our little kids and our children, our young children, uh, versus letting them lead some of that, like that conversation in the car. I don't need to talk about the game. Like that's, they don't need, they don't need to hear that. They've played it. They're done. If they want to talk about it, they'll bring it up. You know? Yeah. I like that.
0: I like that. I think, you know, what it's made me think is that, you know, if you talk about that, the percentage of kids that are going to go to Division One on some full ride scholarship is pretty low. Um, And and, well, and here's a question, you know, when when do you kind of know
1: that your kid might even have a shot for that? Would you know young? Oh, uh, I think it's hard because of the um, physical developmental rates like it's really tough because there are some kids who are young who are so good. Um, And I've seen this in high school. They'll come in as freshmen and you're like, Whoa, that kid is so good. Oh my goodness. And then they haven't gotten any better by the time they're a junior because they've kind of peaked their freshman year. So it's tricky because, um, Oh my goodness. I know. Depending on (laughs) how sad you peaked when you're 12, (laughs) (laughs) you peak when you're yes. And and it happens because again, they've been playing and they've been always been the good kid. Then you've got some like, Scrawny little kid like me, since I skipped third grade, I was always really young and really tiny and scrawny and little, didn't have strength. And all of a sudden, my junior year, I was like, boom, like I grew seven inches over the summer, five inches over the summer. Wow. I was able to hold muscle mass finally. I actually grew an inch in college. And so I just kept getting better as I got older. Whereas some of the kids, again, sometimes those kids have the it. You watch them and you're like, man, like that kid is like, wow, maybe they're small or maybe they're developed or maybe they're talented, but like, they have this something in there that's driving them. So you don't always like, no, you can't pick it out. But sometimes like as a coach, I'll look at a kid and be like, I would bank on that kid. Even if the, even if they're smaller and maybe even don't have the most talent because there's something inside of them that is driving them. Like it's, it's right. kind of a, a different tool. It's not, it's not just being good at something. It's, it's their whole being is being driven to this sport yeah. or whatever.
0: Yeah. So, you know, so you got some kids that have that if vector,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, and then maybe for everyone else, you're just going to have a good time. I don't know. I like (laughs) I like what you talk about with the consumer mindset, which is that, you know, if we're looking for balance and and we know that, you know, Division One, you know, is only going to be for a small percentage of kids, and and we know that the six to twelve year old is, um, you know, looking to master skills and has fun growing, and the high schoolers are really wanting friendship and belonging. You know that maybe as a parent, that's what we should be looking for, as sort of a measure of success.
1: Yes, and I I do, you know, I do, I am a coach, and I do really believe in the power of sports within the context of healthy coaching, um, and healthy adults that are kind of stewarding this. Um, there's division one, there's division two, there's division three, there's NAIA, and then there's junior college. So even if you aren't the best athlete to go to that top, you know, top five school, whatever, there is still a lot of really good experiences Mm -hmm. for people. And like you were saying, um, you know, with your friend who played golf, and then we have a friend whose daughter just uh, is going to go play, I believe at division three school, she was homeschooled division three school. She's going to play lacrosse. Um, Mm -hmm really amazing opportunity to be focusing on your academics and also focusing on your sport. Yeah. Um, and so there's still, even if a parent's like, man, I my parent, my kid may not be this, but they really love sport. They really love all of these things. There's so many opportunities. Um, it, they aren't all paid. Um, you're not going to get, you know, a full mm-hmm. scholarship somewhere, but there's still sure. these amazing, enriching, like I would say that the team I coach for um, we've had kids who hadn't played one lick of volleyball and then they're playing beach volleyball. Now. Um, wow. Now
0: that's interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. How does that work? Well, it, it, again, sometimes the, the person they reach out and, you know, uh, NAIA, we don't recruit when they're sophomores and juniors, we recruit when they're kind of in their senior year. And so some of these opportunities are for these athletes who are like, Oh, wait, maybe I do want to try this. Um, wow. One of our girls was, I believe, cheer She did competitive cheer. And then she started playing indoor volleyball, maybe her junior year of high school, I think. Um, And so, and then hadn't played beach and she, you know, it was a fit for our program. She's a great kid. Um, We had another athlete who had graduated high school and was like, oh, I'm not going to play. And then a year later, she's like, I miss it. I want to play. And so she's, I believe 22 years old, 22 year old freshman, getting her education degree um, and playing for our team. And again, it's, it's a good fit. So I always, Oh, I like those stories. I do too. It just goes to show that
0: there are other paths, right? And that sometimes the things that we do to develop children, they, um, they bleed over, Mm -hmm. you know, into other things. So maybe you're doing a different thing, but, but the skill sets that you've learned or the habits that you've learned, they're going to enhance something else. Um, And so you're not, uh, you're not stuck.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And like, like for us with sports, our kids still do some things. And like you said earlier, like I told my son, I'm like, you know, soccer isn't over forever. Like you might want to play, you can play in PE, you can play, it's like a sport, you can go play at the park. Like just because we don't do something doesn't mean it's over forever. Um, You know? And so I think even just those being balanced and like, you know, again, our kids may decide later in, in their life that they want to do this again. I don't know. Um, But we're definitely letting them lead those conversations.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's really encouraging from someone who uh, grew up in the sports world and now you're still in the sports world to say, you know, my kid quit and likes yeah. the mountain bike and and we're following their lead uh, in terms of their interests and things. So, um, so so Priscilla, tell us who would you recommend these journals for? Uh, there's two of them, and I know you said one's getting a revamp. Uh, so are they for just like your everyday parent? Are they mainly for coaches?
1: I would love it to be, you know, curriculum that coaches use, I would love it to see it in high school programs. Um, Again, taking it more of a whole athlete approach. uh, There is there is uh, those journals are actually rooted in cognitive behavioral therapy. A lot of those are kind of like pulled from like thought records, which is um, cogby therapy, I don't know if you are familiar with. It's like your thoughts uh, can change your behavior. So if Hmm. We initially think something like I make a mistake. Oh, my gosh, I'm not good enough. Oh, my gosh, I'm I'm you know, terrible at this or I'll never be good. Um, this these journals actually kind of help correct some of that negative thinking, uh, moving us into a healthier way to express ourselves. So high school teams, uh, club teams, if there's club coaches out there that are like, this sounds kind of cool, this is an interesting conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then I've had, you know, I've, i sold, I don't know how many of them, I don't track it, but enough of them individually to athletes who are just going through it on their own. Um, yeah. Sure. yeah. Athletic Your trainers for the,
0: you know, parents who are wanting to make sure that the experience is, um, well-rounded yes. for their kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, um, Priscilla, where can people find those? I know they're on Amazon. They're on Amazon. They're also on my website. So that's, spike dr.com Okay. And come on. That's so cute. <laughs> spike doctor.
0: I love it. I know the yes. references from volleyball. There it we go. It is. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so my maiden name is Pacheco okay. and, uh, Ferdy, Ferdy Pacheco when I was a freshman, uh, my, our SID. So the sports information guy, the person who writes all the stats and all the articles and stuff, he, um, was a boxing guy and he knew that Ferdy Pacheco was the, uh, Fight doctor from Muhammad Ali. Oh so the, wow, the guy who fixed all the cuts, the cut guy. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "Your last name is Pacheco." His last name is Pacheco. I'm going to call you the Spike Doctor. So that was my freshman year at Georgia, and it stuck. And now my husband and I just joke about it. I want to get away from using it, but it, it's there. I know. I think it, it's it is catchy. It is. It's
0: really cute. Yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, I know and It's catchy, and it
0: and it makes sense. It fits spike doctor.com and Edge and Sports Habits for Life. Um, Okay, so they can find it there, and and they can find a lot more information at spikedoctor.com, right? You had a bunch of articles there, um, a bunch of information, and then uh, what about social media as well?
1: Yeah, so my social media is S P I K E D R, the number three, so Spike Doctor three. Um, that's Instagram. I'm on Twitter at, at P Y Tallman, but I just don't have a lot of time to do all the things. So yeah, no, I know. You gotta, hang you gotta out, pick one. Yeah, I hang out on Instagram because I'm a creative person, and I feel like it's it just helps me get stuff out quickly. Yeah, and, you have really yeah.
0: great stuff there. Your videos, I thought, were fantastic, and just a little clip here and there, a reminder or new information. Or that's where I found the thing about ages six to twelve and thirteen to eighteen. Yes. And I knew the answer to your question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even though I didn't know what Power Five meant. <laughs> uh that's all right though all right <laughs>
1: oh, well do you, you're um, in michigan do you what you watch football ever college football or? yeah we
0: do we do um we got some uh most of us are university of michigan fans that's where i went to school but nice. i have one son uh who's a big michigan state fan so that's the big rivalry here
1: yeah i believe that con- what is that conference the big 10
0: yeah the big 10 they'll see yes no that's one of the
1: power that's one of the power five conferences
0: okay okay well now i know all right there we go (laughs) um uh and then you know you even had on there a list of questions you know a list of questions to ask you know does this sport does this club does this align with what we're looking for so uh you said fantastic information to find in all those different spots um and so we're reaching the end of our time here. Yay. I'm going to ask you a question It can't, but it can't be sports. Okay. All right. So a favorite non-sports outdoor childhood memory of
1: yours. Okay. So the funny part is my parents were just not the outdoorsy people. So I remember we did this uh, camping trip, like tent and all, um, and I had just had, so when I was little, I had uh, strabismus. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like corrective. It's, um, it's like sort of a lazy eye. So okay. I had just had corrective uh, eye surgery. And we go on this camping trip through New Mexico, like Carlsbad Caverns, like all this stuff. And all the pictures of me, I look at, I'm like, what the heck? And I have all the <laughs> ointment from my, from my eye surgery. I'm like, what in the world? My parents were putting me out there in the white oint- covered. I, I covered an ointment, <laughs> camping spiders in the shower. Um, and we've gotten so much better like my husband is totally that guy so mm. we I have adapted I'm way more outdoorsy now um, than I was as a kid or my parents were so yeah. that's
0: amazing I mean I, you know, you know you ever, now that you're a parent you think like okay would I do that <laughs> <laughs> Would I bring the eye ointment and just be like, we're going?
1: <laughs> well, I think so because good they work full time. They work yeah. full time. Like you have a week of vacation. You can only do going. it when you can do it. Yeah, good <laughs> yes. for them.
0: Yeah, that's much more so respect awesome. for my parents as to uh, everything yeah, they had It's hard. To so hard. It's hard. I think that that's part of the theme here too is, you know, it's like you said, part, you know, part of this is that we're just looking for answers. Uh, how You know, how do we care for our kids? Um You know in the in the most healthy way that we can you know nothing is perfect um and then like i think you you talk about this journaling as a is a way to sort of smooth out those rough edges and um, you know knowing that no situation is perfect and we're all sort of shooting for the stars and trying our best here
1: that's right well what's what's been super cool is we uh we probably hit a thousand hours during our homeschool year because we were everywhere But we've been trying to do it. They went back to public school this year and we're at, we started in January. So we're at, I think, almost 200. That's awesome. Now we got to bulk up. We got to get through the summer. We got to bulk up in the summer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it is a way, it is a way to sort of, um, you know, to strive for balance too, which is Mm -hmm. just, you know, making sure that we're including other things, um, you know, along with all of our busyness. So, uh, well, Priscilla, thank you for your time. I'm so glad that you reached out. I think this was super enlightening and helpful. It, it is a big part of our culture, sports yes. and club sports and childhood. And, you know, how do we find that balance? So I really appreciate your time. And I know that people will come to you, um, you know, looking for answers. And And you have so much great information out there for them. So thank you.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me.